Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Experiment. This is the big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. And we're here for another episode of Bill and Claire's Excellent Adventures. I'm Claire, and this is my dad. Oh, I'm gonna have to say it. Okay, so yes. I'm Bill. Hi, everybody. Um, we um we the point of this um thing is to is to show you so like a lot of people do things like this but it's just like adults and parents and things so the point of this episode is to show is to watch a movie with an adult and see the different perspectives of each of them right like adult and a kid right uh so how do we what's our format for each episode what can our listeners expect we normally watch the trailer. Mm-hmm. We talk about the storyline and like what we think of the trailer and like mm-hmm. the beginning and the intro part, which we're doing right now. Then we watch the we go through with watching the movie. Then um, we talk about what we thought of the movie, and after that, I'll say um, tune in next week for blah 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 <laughs> blah. And then my dad will record what he thought of like filming it with me and the parent perspective and right. everything like that. Sounds right to me. So what do we have up today? Um, up today is Major League. And um, today, even though that our family isn't going to be like filming it with us, right? we are going to be watching the movie with the family, which is going to be something new because we normally f- watch it in the Indie Dorks Motion Theater. Is that what it's called? Projection Room. Projection Room. In yeah. the Indie Dorks Projection Room. But instead, we're going to watch it upstairs in our flat in our screen in our big tv living room yeah our living room with our family during lunch or brunch i'd go with lunch (laughs) i don't think a lot of people use brunch but anyways the (laughs) storyline hello i'm talking here (laughs) i'm sorry i'm sorry you're right uh what is the storyline according to imdb for major league the storyline is rachel phelps is the new owner of the clean new owner of the Cleveland Indians baseball team. However, her plans for the team are rather nefarious. Yep. She wants to move the team to Miami for a warmer climate and a new stadium. To justify the move, the team has to lose. And lose terribly. Well, they say badly, but I think terribly is a more (laughs) accurate thing. For going in dead last, I think that would be the accurate thing. (laughs) So she assembles the worst possible team she possibly can. Among these are past his prime catcher with bad knees, a shrewd, but past his prime pitcher, a young tearaway pitcher, and... And felon. And felon, with a 100... Miles per hour. Miles per hour, fast fall, but fastball, but absolutely no control. A third baseman who is too wealthy and precious to dive, a voodoo long slugger who can't hit a curveball and energetic, but na- naive, naive led nice. off hitter and base dealer who can't keep the ball on the ground. Against the odds and after the inv. Inve- 
inevitable inevitable initial failures they iron out some of their faults and start to win much to mrs phelps consternation all right i think that's a pretty accurate uh (laughs) the tagline for this is a comedy with bats and balls i mean it's a baseball movie now claire here's my question for you like do you have you played baseball? Do you have you done baseball in school and gym or anything like that? Do you well, know the rules of the game? We do something similar to baseball. It's called kickball, where okay. you're basically doing the same thing, but it but you're kicking the ball. Got you. So it's all the same rules, but yeah. instead of swinging a bat and hitting a ball, you're kicking one of the like the rubber dodgeballs yeah. or whatever. And in fourth and winter in fourth grade, you start using like those tees where you put mm-hmm. the ball on top and then you swing it. Mm-hmm. You can either choose to have it thrown to you, which I'm not very good at, mm-hmm. or or use the T and hit it. I'm pretty good at hitting it on the T. I've tried it once with like the throwing. Mm-hmm. I'm not very good at hitting it. Mm. Well, I mean, it takes practice to get comfortable hitting a baseball with a bat. Uh, I've hit me a it long once. Time. I hit it once and it went like, so let's say like, um, so let's say you're standing on one corner of the mm-hmm. huge blacktop, which is the same size of the school and even a, it, a, like a couple feet longer, like two feet longer than the school. And so let's say you're standing on one corner of the field and then I swing the bat and then I actually hit it all the way across the basketball, mm-hmm. the blacktop. And it even went all the way to the playground, which is like 16, which is like five yards mm-hmm. No, 16 yards from the school. Well, it sounds like you do an okay job hitting the baseball when it's thrown yeah, to Yeah, but it's only once. Uh, um, it's like a 1 in 20. It's like a 1 in 5,000 chance <laughs> that I'll hit the ball. And that'll hit the ball. Um, do you enjoy playing? Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Um, so, I, you know, I think we're going to be going on to a little bit of a sports movie uh, stretch here. Yeah. Have you so, have you seen sports movies before? What what are what are some of your favorite sports movies that you've seen? Um, I saw I watch sports um TV shows with you live uh, every Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I count that as a sports movie. What do we watch on Sundays? D- uh, we'd either watch Chelsea or DC United. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, pretty mm-hmm. much. Yep. And do you enjoy watching soccer with me? Yeah. <laughs> Not not a strong endorsement. I like watching it with with you, but I'd rather watch. But I'd rather watch Full House. Sure, fair enough. Okay. Um. All right. Well, then it, it kind of sounds like we're gonna be exploring a new kind of movie for you. Yeah. So, what'd you think of the trailer for Major League? I thought it was pretty cool, but um, I just I've heard of a sports song that a lot of the kids keep singing. Take me out to the ball game. Mm. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the thrills. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, you can't keep singing if you don't know the words. That's not allowed. I don't know. <laughs> they only sing that part, and then they just sing it over and over and over and over and over again. Right. I, my favorite part of the trailer, and I think that my um, my my favorite part of that movie is the announcer for the, uh, the game, Bob Euchre, where like when they show, um, Charlie Sheen throwing the ball and it's like goes way away from where it's supposed to go. And, and Bob, Uecker, it's just a bit outside. Uh, my, like the announcer work between these two guys is my favorite through the entire course of the movie. Um, I like, 
the part I I don't know if you remember when we were like trying out this new like equipment we were using. By the way, um, I don't know if we said it in Small Soldiers or the Money Pit. Mm. We got new equipment, that's so true. that's what we're using. That's true. Anyways, when we were testing out the other equipment, because we like these two, we got two others so that my dad could use these two and then also take the all then take take the other two on the road and if you wanted to take all four on the road well and that's and also uh you know we're two days late uh this time getting this episode out and that's 100 percent my fault because, because he went to tennessee to do some type of recording thingy i did uh i was in uh chattanooga tennessee for the chattanooga film festival this weekend uh and if you are following our sister programming through in the mouth of darkness's it mod cash chat cast feed uh tune over to that you'll hear a lot of rad filmmaker conversations that um yeah that my compatriot brad and i had while we were down there they're really great uh in fact i'm really excited to share um mallory o'mara's book uh about millicent patrick who did the uh creature design for the creature from the black lagoon uh so there's a lot of really cool stuff going on there but i wanted to be very clear that we're late because of me and not because Claire was not ready to record. So she was, she was very insistent that I make that point and rightly so, uh, because I, I messed up our production schedule. All right. Uh, do you have anything else that you want to say about the trailer before we jump over and watch the movie? Um, all right. So we've talked too much. Let's throw it over to the other side so that we can watch the movie. (laughs) Anyways, ta-ta. Ta-ta. See you on the other side. I've been cut already? Who the hell is that? just finished watching major league with the whole family this time and um bill what did you think about the movie you know it's been a long time since i watched major league and i like some of the plot points of the show i did not remember and i'm surprised to have not remembered them but i had a lot of fun watching it what did you think of it um i thought it was pretty cool my favorite scene Mm -hmm. actually first before i tell everyone my favorite scene i want to know your favorite scene what is my favorite scene in Major League? Uh-huh. Hmm. 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 You know, I think it's got to be the end. Because I like the, the last scene when uh, Jake is at bat and he's got to make a decision about how to help the team. That is my favorite scene. Why, why are you squinting at me? What? Is that your favorite <laughs> scene too? No. Yeah, it is. Don't no, lie. No, it's not. Don't lie. No, it's not. <laughs> can't wait to tell you my favorite scene but that's i i love when he goes up to bat and i love what it does for his character in the final moments of the movie um what is your favorite scene then my favorite scene is at the beginning when the guy walks in who is the who at towards the end is like the very fast runner willie mays hayes yeah do you know who that is that plays that that's wesley snipes that's the guy that plays blade he does yeah I thought the guy who plays Blade was the one, was the one who could who couldn't hit curveballs. Uh, who couldn't hit a curveball? Serrano? No, yeah. Serrano's a different guy. Although, 
Mm, I don't think you've seen him in anything else yet, but he's he's great. He's in a bunch of other stuff. I'm sure we'll get to some more of his things. Um. So. So the beginning, the guy who runs very fast, Willie Mays Hayes. When he walk, when he drives up in his car, and then he's <laughs> like, and then he's like, "Hey guys," and then they're and then and then they're like. I don't see you on the list, but that's like the introduction. But like right. my actual favorite part is when they walk in and they're like, here's the guy that wasn't on there. And then they just like lift up the top bunk and they just <laughs> set it there. <laughs> and then he wakes up and he's like, I'm already out. <laughs> and then he comes in there and then he's like, what? The? And he's actually like, and he's still in his blue PJs. Right. He's, bl- he's still in his striped blue PJs, and he's just, like, sprinting all the way across the field. <laughs> just, he's, like, he's met up with those. So, like, they're, like, he, so, like, if you guys have seen Major League, um, you saw the big football field. So, they're, like, at the starting point. They've left, and then when they're, like, halfway, mm-hmm. the guy, uh, the guy who went really fast. William Mays Hayes. Yeah, William Mays Hayes catches up and it goes even faster than them that's how fast he is is that yeah. they have a head start and he can still beat them in a foot race yeah. i'd say whether or not you're on the invite list that's good enough to get you added to a team what do you think yeah what is so hmm <laughs> i don't think it's whether or not you're on an invite list i think it's i think it's if you meet the team like you could show up and be perfect and they probably would pick you for the team even if you weren't for like the camp mm-hmm. and tryouts mm-hmm um so what should we get into really first after talking about favorite the stars scenes? the stars yeah and their what their performances no i mean like who we think were the stars because oh okay okay yeah so one of the things uh that claire brought up at the end of the show was like who was the main character of that story and how is it set up so i let's let's talk about that what, what what's your question there I want to know, who do you think was more of, like, the stars? Do you think it's, like, the girl and the boy, mm-hmm. um, Jake, Jake Taylor, and what's the other girl's name? Uh, that's Renee Russo. Renee Russo. her character's name is Lynn Wells. Lynn Wells and Jake Taylor. I think they're the stars mm-hmm. because they show many more scenes than mm-hmm. the actual team itself. Mm-hmm. And if you're talking about, like, who was shown, like, in the background, it was mostly them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, yeah. How, Do you so, think the team is? Um, so there's a thing called an ensemble uh, cast. And what that really means is... Everyone is a star? Right. Like, everyone becomes Basically. kind of a star in their own way. Like, the, the, the story is about the entirety of the cast and their changes uh, over the period of the film, as opposed to just focusing on one main character. But I don't know. I think that's a good question. Um, so who do you think uh, changes the most from the beginning of the movie to the end? And like, playing-wise or, like, dating and stuff? Well... Um, I, I think it's really more about like, sort of like who they are and how they make their choices. Right. Like you think Jake changes the most? Yeah. Because at the beginning he's, he, you even see him doing his dream. Uh huh. 
So I think he changes the most because then in the middle, he's trying, he he's trying to convince her to be his girlfriend again, and he's like, "I have big plans for us," and she's like, "You have plans for us." Right. What? So, why do you think Lynn is mad at Jake, and why do you, why like why do you think their relationship failed in the first place? Um, because in a relationship, I think I might have talked about this once before. Instead of having one person on two odds, thinking that the other did the other's thing, mm-hmm. um, you have to choose. You have to think together and talk together. Mm. So you you so I'm in a relationship, you can't just do your own thing. You have to you, you have, have to, to take into account what your partner's interests are. Yeah. So like, if you let's say um, Jake and Lynn. Right. Let's okay, so she was an athlete for swimming, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure. Yep. Then he was an athlete for baseball. I right. mean he is an athlete for baseball. Right. They have they can talk about athlete stuff, but it's pretty much the only thing they have in common. They're both a- they both were athletes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um did you, I mean, so did you catch, though, that, like, Jake wasn't particularly faithful as a boyfriend? Did you understand that that was going on? I don't understand what faithful means. Um, So Jake would go see other women. Oh. Yeah. He didn't keep, like, an exclusive relationship with his girlfriend. Um, And she expected him to because she felt like they were just dating each other. But he would go date other girls. While he was dating her? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not cool, right? Yeah. Like, what did you... So, okay, so... That, that kind of reminds me of something that I've had. So, one of the... So, one of my friends... So, I kind of had a... Um, so, it kind of reminds me of, like, something I watched. Mm-hmm. And so, the hash... So, it's a song from the Hashtag Sisters. It's called, um, Boys Are So Ugh. And <laughs> the thing is... and. And the thing is, so like he, um, so he likes all this food and everything, and she is walking towards him, and then at the same time, all the food behind her is coming, mm. and then he looks, and then she thinks that he's looking at her, and his face <laughs> lights up, and then she is like, that she's like so like happy and everything, and then she turns around, and is like, what the, how could you? And he's like, I was only looking at the food in the first place. And she's like, boys are so, ah. Yeah. Well, and it, it, it hurts your feelings when you think somebody is responding like that to you. And you realize all of a sudden that, no, it's actually about something else, right? Like that yeah. can hurt your feelings. Yeah. What did you think when Jake came back to Cleveland and uh, didn't know where Lynn lived? And Willie Mays Hayes said, why don't you just follow her home from work? Is that a good idea? Is that like a sweet thing for him to do or a creepy thing? I wouldn't say creepy because um, a lot of because like if your friends don't know where you live and you're trying to have a play date or something and mm-hmm. they can't come in your own car, they have to stay in theirs. So they're mm-hmm. following you home. In that case, I would say that it wasn't that creepy, mm-hmm. but they weren't having like a play date or anything or they weren't like having a date and he didn't know where she lived. Mm-hmm. She was he was literally following her. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say it's creepy, but I wouldn't say it's like but I wouldn't say it's like lovely or sweet. 
Right. I would say it's like in the middle because if he had found her actual home, then it would be creepy. But he found another person's home. So, <laughs> so it's, it's yeah, I don't know if that makes it better or worse. But like, I don't know if you didn't want a boy or a girl to know where you lived. And so you because at this point, she's already not given him the right phone number. She doesn't want him to be able to contact her. And if she doesn't want that and he disrespects that by trying to find out the information anyways, is that romantic? It seems um, to me like it's not respecting what her wishes are. I don't know because I just don't know. Okay. All right. Cool. But so you think by the end of the movie, Jake is a changed person? Yeah, because he starts out like he only thinks about itself. He only thinks about his own dreams and he only thinks about his own ways and he only thinks about his own relationships. He doesn't even he like has like 16 relationships at one time when right. he's tr when when she thinks he's focusing on just her, like all 17 girls, because I wasn't counting like he had 16 other girls and then her. Mm -hmm. So like all 70 girls thought that he was just focused on him when it turns out he was focused on 16 other girls. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I think and that's that's part of why Actually, pretty much no girls because mm. He had six, he had seventeen girlfriends at one time. <laughs> I I think that's why the end scene is one of my favorites in the movie because, you know, in that when Jake steps up to the plate at the end and he calls his shot like Babe Ruth, right? And you think, oh man, he's gonna have his hero moment in the movie and he's gonna be, you know, he's gonna hit the game-winning home run and everything's gonna be magical. But it's not magical. It's real life. And he's old and he can't hit a home run. And he knows that. And he's honest with himself about that. And he puts his team first in that moment when he lays down that bunt. And then he runs his heart out to get to that first base so that he's safe when the throw comes. Like, I think that scene is really cool because it's a nice twist ending that you wouldn't expect to a sports movie. But it does double duty and that you get to see that he's really changed as a person. And I kind of think at the end of the movie, that's why Lynn uh, agrees to be with him. I, I think if he doesn't have that moment, she might she might not, um, you know, decide to be in a relationship with him again. I wonder if she would have I wonder what would have. So I don't get it. Why would she take off her engagement ring with uh, why would she take off her engagement with him when she doesn't even know that he because um, like he wasn't there when they did that home run scene and everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she had already done took taken off the engagement. So had she just like had he uh, had, I don't understand. Why would you take off a, a relation a thing? Like, why would you take off an engagement with someone you like mm. just to see if that if the other person you like has changed? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then it turns out they don't. And then the other guy you liked doesn't want to be with you anymore. Mm -hmm. And then the other guy doesn't hasn't even changed his ways. So if if Jake hadn't changed, then Lynn would have really put herself in a spot where she didn't have a relationship with anybody because she already made decisions. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I was thinking about that when we were watching it, and I kind of think it's one of those things where Lynn is still not happy with Jake, but Jake does know her as a person, and I think he's right that that the the lawyer dude that she's with, he's just a lawyer dude, and and like they don't really have a lot 
in common otherwise as far as like a love spark like because she says right she says because he's like why are you with this joker and she's like well that's what a normal life looks like and that's what i want but i mean what does that even mean what is a normal life a life that you want right and does that does that mean that it comes in any particular shape or form no, I don't think a life that you want would be a normal life because that would mean you would get everything you want. Like, I wouldn't, because no one would be mature if they got everything they want. <laughs> well, I agree with that. I think that would be like a magical life. <laughs> I think a normal life would be a life that you had friends and you had people who love you. I think right. a normal life is a life that you have a family and friends. Right. Or like the life you live in, I think, is your normal life. But that doesn't mean that she has to uh, be married to a lawyer guy who's always adulty and serious and stuff, right? Like she can still be playful and have fun with things. Um, and I think she's confused that. I think she's confused serious for normal. Do, do Does that make sense? I think so. Like Jake is, he's a kid in a lot of ways, right? Like he's a grown up, he's an adult. But like he kind of is playful and he acts like a child and, you know, he's maybe not the smartest dude around or anything like that. But the lawyer dude is all adult, all serious. And to be honest, he's kind of an asshole. Like the the way that he welcomes Jake in at the house, although that's a super weird encounter, right? Jake has now walked off this elevator into this dude's home. and <laughs> He doesn't belong there. And he's there to try and get back with Lynn and get, and get in between their relationship. But then the lawyer dude is rude to him i don't know man i'm not sure to feel how to feel about all of that for some reason i kind of feel like he might have he would have because like if you remember after because it's like nighttime for some reason i feel like he was trying he would he wanted to embarrass him by putting sleep by putting sleeping pills in his beer And that's why Jake didn't finish the whole thing because he figured out that. Because if you remember, the lawyer was like. <laughs> so you, you think the lawyer drugged Jake to embarrass him and Jake sussed it out and knew not to drink the beer? Where are you getting that from? I don't know. All right. It just popped in. While we were watching the movie, I thought of that. Well, I think I'm going to prepare my own drinks from now on, if that's okay with you. Well, we don't even own sleeping pills. <laughs> How do you know that? Have you been looking? Yeah, I looked for the medicine. <laughs> Who do you think I am? You think I'm a stranger? I live in this house. <laughs> um, let's see. What else should we talk about? So what did you think of Serrano as a character and his change over time, especially like with his relationship with Jobu? Who's Jobu? Jobu was the the voodoo god that he was praying to to help him be a better baseball player. But didn't really work. Yeah. Well, did it? I don't know. He did. I remember. I don't know if you were watching, but I remember him being like, I remember at the end of the movie, I can't, I know that we're not allowed to say any bad words on this. So I'm just going to say suck instead of the, instead of the F word. Sure. So, um, he like, so like he had the gun next to him and then he th- might've thought something in his head and then he like kicked the thing over and he was mm-hmm. like, suck you God, I'm going to win by myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he hit that off swing. My, my favorite part though is when, um, Harris, the older pitcher that is, uh, 
like a very strong Christian is having a conversation with Serrano about Joe Boo and Joe Boo's like Serrano, you know, like uh, Joe Boo will help me hit a curveball. Um, you know, not, you know, Jesus Christ is great, but Joe Boo will help me hit a curveball. And Harris goes, are you saying Jesus Christ couldn't hit a curveball? <laughs> like, I just, I love that, you know, because like, <laughs> yeah, maybe, I don't know if he could hit a curveball or not. Um, I don't think so because he's a god. He doesn't even hold anything. Mm. He's basically a ghost that <laughs> a lot of people believe in. Okay, kind of like Charlie. Kind of like a lot Charlie? of the kids. Pretty much all the kids in school are always sticking their hands out, like sticking them as far out as they can go, or maybe like this. So like in an L shape, kind of like in a backwards L, and then being like Charlie, Charlie, are you there? And then cold air means yes, and warm air means no, and you're only allowed to ask yes or no questions. Hmm. And a lot of people believe that if you're ten and you don't believe in Charlie, he'll come, he'll take a knife and stab you in the eye. That's graphic. Okay, what did you? So what did you? What did you think though about the end when Serrano decided to try and hit a curveball himself? was good for some reason i feel like that voodoo god thing mm -hmm. was holding him back because he thought because instead of thinking for himself he was like you will help me and then he just swung like he wasn't even paying attention he was just saying you will help me you will help me you will help me and then when he stopped thinking about it then he was like worried about the ball and you're like i'm gonna hit a curveball i'm gonna hit a curveball i'm gonna hit a curveball i hit a curveball so do you think like um do you think that like like a god would be if let's say let's say there there are gods right and and they're interested Aren't you Christian? in me yeah weren't you Christian when you were a kid yeah I was raised going to church regularly and I don't go to church anymore we're getting a little too off track anyways <laughs> I mean we could talk about my religion if you want uh, that's that's a conversation that I'm happy to have with you if you're curious about that. I think we should wait to have that until we watch like a like a Jesus based movie or like a Christian or like, like a more religiously yeah. oriented movie. Yeah, that's fine with me. I I I do wonder though, like if you know if you're very religious and you believe that there is God out there and the God is interested in protecting your soul, right? Would that God be too concerned with whether or not you're hitting a curveball? I can't imagine they would be. Like, what a strange way to use religion, right? I think that I think that um if a god cares so much to protect your to protect your soul mm -hmm. I think that god should care a, like I don't even care if he cares at all because I don't be even believe in christianism even though we celebrate christianism but anyway um I think I think that if you have a God that would be in love to protect your soul, like mm -hmm. that would protect your soul no matter what, I think you should at least be like a teeny bit interested if you could hit a curveball. Because like what? Because a lot of times some people say that like they have a God that, that they worship a God and everything. They say that if you're it says they say that if you make bad choices, poor choices or bad choices because because you don't think that God loves you anymore, mm -hmm. a lot of times the God will stop caring for you because they didn't care about a tiny mishap, which creates a whole big problem. So mm -hmm. a lot of people say that you should believe in your God all the time, and if your God doesn't help you, the God isn't good for you. Hmm. 
I don't know about all that. Well, but I, mm, okay. I feel like though that's getting back into the part of stuff that we really should, that you're saying, let's talk about when we talk about a more religious movie. I have an idea though. Baseball players are very superstitious. Do you know this word? Um, cautious? Uh, superstitious means like... Um, Super aware in other people's beeswax? No, it's more like if you knock over a salt shaker and you've spilled salt... You have to sweep up that salt and throw it over your left shoulder or else you'll have bad luck. That's a superstition. You see what I'm saying? That sounds weird, right? So I've pulled up a list of the weirdest baseball superstitions that I could find. Uh, and I'm going to read a couple of them to you and see what you think about them. Can I? Will you read them and then I can read them? Sure. Yay. Um, all right. So... Let's see. Uh, Moises Alou gets tougher. If a baseball player does not wear batting gloves, then there's a chance that they will develop calluses on their hand. Um, Moises Alou is known for peeing on his hands in an effort to make them tougher. Well, I wouldn't say that works because is because that's acid. Your pee is acid. So wouldn't mm-hmm. that just be killing your skin? Yeah, maybe it would make it tougher. I don't know. I wonder what the science is behind that. For some reason, I feel like it would just kill all the living organisms in your hand. Mm-hmm. And then your hand is basically just a piece of bone and blood. <laughs> it's basically just a piece of bone and muscles. Like, actually, no, just a piece of bone. Because all the living organisms, including your muscles in that hand, has died because you kept peeing on it. So <laughs> I guess it would make you tougher because your hand doesn't even have any nerves anymore. So I guess maybe it would make you tougher. I just want to know, like, at what point when you feel like your hands are tough enough, do you go, how will I make my hands tougher? I know. I will pee on them. Like, that's that's weird, right? Is that strange? I don't know. Um, let's see. What else do we have here? Uh, oh, it's not just players that have interesting superstitions, but also managers. Detroit's Tigers manager, Jim Leyland, wanted to make sure that his team kept winning in 2011. So when they were on a winning streak, he would wear the same pair of underwear to the ballpark the next day and he would not wash them and he would continue to wear that underwear without washing them until they lost a game why what did you want your what did you want your underwear to be clean during the whole games and then no not wash like if you feel like you're 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 I lost my turn. So I feel like that if you're on a losing streak, then you would want to smell terrible. <laughs> no, I think honestly, I kind of agree with that because maybe if you're maybe the team would would like would want you to clean your underwear so bad that they would want you to just that they would decide that they would just win so many times that the, that the manager would get that the manager would get would like get an, an infection like would get so much infections in his butt that he would have to clean his underwear or maybe lose or maybe lose games or maybe lose a game so that he would clean his underwear and then when they feel like he's he's get he's close to getting an infection oh sorry coach we lost this game on purpose so you won't clean your, your freaking underwear um, I don't know. Like, what do you think about like, I kind of think with superstitions that it's one of those things where they're always very silly, but it's so easy to get inside your own head and feel weird about what you're doing that maybe having some sort of silly thing to focus on helps keep your center when you're out there trying to perform in a high pressure situation. Okay. No, you don't think anything about that? No. 
Wait, can I read? Sure. Ooh, I found one. Okay. Wade Boggs is a Hall of Fame player, and he had a number of quirks that were helpful to his success in the majors. Boggs would eat the same meal before every single game. He would sit down to a plate of fried chicken and then go out and play. Yeah, I don't know. I guess there's something about fried chicken that must help baseball players. Ooh, here's one. Wade Boggs is on is on is right on time. Most people get up at the same time every morning. Others will do other things at the same time if it fits into their routine. Wade Boggs is one of, was one of these people when it came to to when he took batting practice. Any time that he played in a night game, Boggs would take batting practice at five seventeen. At five seventeen exactly. Yeah. You guys, I have to do my batting practice at five seventeen. I told you five seventeen, not five eighteen, five seventeen. <laughs> or else I'm not gonna play well. Ah! <laughs> Here's one. Wade Boggs fielding practice. Batting practice is not the only time that Wade Boggs was exact with what he would be doing. He also did things a specific way when he was in the field. Boggs would take one hundred and fifty grounders, no more and no less during warm nuts during warm-ups it's hard to argue with the two-time gold glovers t- routine yeah i agree i don't know i i do you think let's 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 switch the question around imagine if you're any of these indian players in the last game of the season where you have to beat the yankees to win the pennant and if you don't everything that you wanted to accomplish is lost and there's like eighty thousand people watching you do it how would you cope with the pressure to do that, do you think? Like, what would you do to feel safe and secure and just play 100%? I would wear my favorite outfit under my baseball outfit. It's mm. so, like I would wear a tank top outfit with like with like diamond shorts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then I would and then I would wear my baseball outfit over it. Because mm-hmm. normally people say that it's like really cold during mm-hmm. baseball season, mm-hmm. so I would wear that out my favorite outfit under the baseball outfit, and mm-hmm. then I'd be like, that if I lost, I would take off my baseball outfit and be like, well, I could go off to fashion modeling. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what was the funniest part of this movie? I think it's like whenever they're like, I think it's when I think it's when he like when the whole. When the first like batter for the Yankees game, mm-hmm. the, fir- the second Yankees game, um, when he took the vodka, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when he took the vodka, mm-hmm. he stole Joe Boo's, uh yeah. rum, and, and then he like, got hit in the head with a baseball bat. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think it's a coincidence. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I feel like he got hit on purpose. Like maybe the gods, maybe Jesus was mad at him for stealing something from someone else, mm-hmm. and then so he's like. You stole something, so I'm gonna so I'm gonna do this. Whoopow! So, are you excited to watch some more sports movies? Yeah, but I think we should wrap this up. So, um, I will be back next week for Remember <laughs> the Titans. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So you'll be back next week for Remember the Titans. I'm really excited for you to remember Titans. That is a movie about a local sports team um, dealing with desegregation in their schools. Uh, so I'm really, really excited okay. for you to watch that. So it's about like high schools? Yep. High school football team. 
And uh, <laughs> I kind of think that we should have kept with, like, the adults because, like, Major League is about adults. And then it's Remember the Titans, which is a high school mm-hmm, theme. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, shortly – so uh, that'll be next Tuesday, Remember the Titans. Um, and then on probably Saturday, we'll have a bonus episode for Avengers Endgame. Endgame. Now, are you are – you, I mean, are you excited at all for Avengers Endgame? I can't wait to see Captain Marvel. Right? But, like, I don't understand. I know that we probably talked about this, but I don't understand why Captain Marvel keep, like, after all these other ones, when she's basically the starting of all the Marvels and Avengers and everything. And she's clearly the most important character right now. And they start her up. like They, like, create her after they've created all these other characters. Do you know what I think is going to happen after Avengers Endgame? What? I think that... Captain America and Iron Man will be gone. I don't know if they'll be dead or retired or doing something else or what, but I think Captain Marvel is going to be in charge of the Avengers following Avengers Endgame. Was it? Did it? Did it? The? Uh, did it? Iron Man die? No, Iron Man. Oh, did that not was Peter die. Parker. That was Peter. That Parker. was Peter Parker. Mister Stark, I don't feel so good. And then he turned into dust. Oh, so sad. Do you think that all those people are alive that got dusted? Do you think they'll come back? Maybe if you defeat Thanos and kill all... Maybe maybe if you break all those rides... Because I kind of feel like... So if you remember, like there was like... I kind of feel like that there's like... That they're trapped in some type of field or something. Mm-hmm. That they're trapped somewhere. Mm-hmm. And they're in like this alternate galaxy mm-hmm. that they think is real. Mm-hmm. So... I kind of feel like they're trapped there, and when they destroy this, I think that in a Marvel's Endgame, they'll destroy the stone, mm-hmm. they'll destroy all the stones and Thanos, mm-hmm. and then even if Thanos comes back, mm-hmm. he won't be able to get all the stones anymore, because they're all destroyed. Hmm, and then, um, and then I kind of feel like one of the stones would still be, would still be alive, mm-hmm. and then all, and then everyone but, and then everyone but Galora would come back. Gamora. Yeah, Gamora. And then once they destroy that blue stone, Mm -hmm. then Gamora will come back. Interesting. Because if you remember, she was killed on that high mountain. Right. Which was only to get one of the stones. So I feel like if you destroy the stone that that Thanos had to get Mm -hmm. by killing Gamora, I kind of feel like that would bring Gamora back. Interesting. But... Well, we'll know in like uh, yeah, we'll know in like a week, two weeks actually, because remember the Titans and then it badger skin game. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I Basically guess two weeks. Do you have anything else you want to say? Um, no. So I will see you next time in Remember the Titans, and I am excited for Avengers Endgame. All right. <laughs> see you guys on the other side. See you later. Hey, Jake. How's the knees holding up? Great. Never been better. Mobility's good, no problem getting off the throat a second. No problem. I need a catcher, Jake. Somebody who can lead this team on the field. I want the absolute truth here. Are you 100%? Yeah, would I bullshit you about something like that? You better. You want to make this team. Second base! Shit. And that's Major League with Claire just a bit outside i guess since i'm on my own now i'm there there may or may not be a lot of announcer impersonations no there won't be any more that's it 
Um, so yeah, I, I had a lot of fun showing Claire this movie. Uh, boy, things that I did not remember, uh, that the owner of the baseball team was a showgirl that had married the owner and then inherited the team when he died. I had, for some reason as a kid internalized it as like, she was the daughter of the former owner. Boy, I don't know how I missed that. (laughs) Uh, and then I also totally forgot um, when the wife of the third baseman, uh, came and seduced, uh, Ricky Vaughn, uh, to pay her husband back for cheating on her. Oof. I, yeah, I, I totally forgot about that. Um, but yeah, I like all in, I think it was a really good time. And, you know, the idea behind showing Claire major league, uh, first in our sports movies bits was I think a lot of the comedy is not 100% wrapped around um, the idea and rules of baseball, um, that it's very fun and it's easy to watch even if you don't know uh, like a lot of the ins and outs of how baseball is played and you know baseball superstitions and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's just fun. And that kind of was my approach to sort of building a platform for her to stand on in establishing a frame of reference for watching sports movies because it has all the essential sports movie elements right you know guys at the end of their career guys at the beginning of their career um you know people who are rooting against them being the underdog coming back and you know fighting uh and winning against the other team that gave them what fur at the very beginning of the movie um a lot of really classic sort of basic stuff you know there's there's nothing very edgy in major league that way most of the edge comes from uh, just the silliness of the humor and the approach that they take and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I, I think that will sort of give her a ledge to, to stand on as then we work into Remember the Titans and we can talk about desegregation and the impact that that has on a community and how that can be played out through sports. Um, you know, it, it isn't so important to me that Claire comes out of this loving baseball or football or soccer or anything like that. Um, it's important to me that she comes out of this understanding that whether or not you are a fan of sports, they do play a big role in our country in, uh, and in our culture in some very important ways. Um, and so that's why, uh, you know, Remember the Titans is kind of the next watch that we're going to get into um, because sports is about coming together and, you know, mashing that kind of sports story up uh, with one of desegregation and the impacts and, and, and what that can do to a community, I think, is a really interesting way to show this topic in a completely relatable fashion um, and an easy to process fashion so that, that it helps make it very easy for somebody who might not be familiar with that subject to understand the impact of it. Um, and that's kind of the approach that I take with a lot of these movies. I mean, I love Major League, and, and and that's why it was one of the, like, when I'm thinking, okay, what movie can I show to Claire to sort of introduce the concept of a sports film for her? It's easy to kind of come to Major League as a choice because it is it is a fun movie. Um, but I do try and take an approach of sort of baby steps uh, to, you know, more complicated subjects, more challenging subjects, uh, so that there's not too much to digest for her at any given time, you know, because if you're really not familiar with the language of a sports movie, and then you're really not familiar with any of the social issues that that particular sports movie might be working with, then, you know, it can be too much to digest, and that can be totally off-putting, and then maybe you don't connect with the movie at all, and you miss out on everything. 
and so that was the driving force behind why we picked uh, Major League uh, to go into first. Um, but I'm really excited at the sports lineup that we have coming up. You know, we've got uh, a football game with high school students. We've got a soccer game with high school kids coming up. Um, a younger uh, football story, uh, but one that that deals with the integration of men and women. Uh, and then once we get to uh, mid-May, uh, we'll cap off our tour through sports with a league of their own, which I'm I'm really excited to show her. Uh, so yeah. All right. So coming up, uh, we'll have on Tuesday, remember the Titans, uh, and then we'll have a bonus episode with Avengers Endgame. I don't know about you guys, but I'm super excited to see that movie. Uh, and then, yeah. And I don't really think I have anything else to get into major league. It's a lot of fun. I think that you can show it to your kids. No problem. Um, I don't think that there's too much questionable stuff in it. Even the seduction scene, uh, and like all of the implied, uh, sex sequences, they don't show anything. There's really not anything there. I think the most that goes on in this movie is that there's, there's definitely some F words. There's a lot of hard course language. So if that's something that you're worried about, be mindful of that. Um, but otherwise, it's super, super, super easy, and it's a, it is a fun watch. Claire Satin enjoyed the entire movie, so uh, it went really well. All right, and that'll do it for us uh, for this week. Uh, so if you uh, don't already follow the podcast, uh, this podcast that you're listening to, you can find on Apple Podcasts, on Podbean. Uh, just search for Bill and Claire's Excellent Adventures. Uh, if you haven't subscribed and reviewed, please do drop us a review. It's exactly that kind of support that only listeners like you can provide. And it's the sort of thing that will help us as we work to grow our audience. Uh, if you don't follow us on Twitter, you can find us there at B-A-C-E-A podcast. Uh, you can also find me at WBDAS on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And as always, this is an In the Mouth of Dorkness production. You can follow that podcast at ItModcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Uh, and you can also follow that podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash ItModcast. Uh, as I said earlier in the episode, uh, the reason that we're late this week is because Brad and I were down at the Chattanooga Film Festival in Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, having just a great time. Uh, if you love movies and film festivals, uh, I think that's definitely one that you should go out and take a look at. Um, it's a really nice balance of filmmakers and film fans alike that come together to celebrate cinema through screenings, uh, advanced screenings of movies that are working the festival circuit, um, retrospective screenings of wonderful movies gone by, and just a host of Excellent, excellent, excellent side content panels. Uh, my favorite this year was a live D&D tournament where I got to play D&D in front of an audience uh, with C. Robert Cargill, uh, the author of uh, Doctor Strange. So that was pretty rad. Um, yep. So stay tuned to the It Modcast Chatcast feed uh, for some of the conversations that are kind of come out of that. Uh, and you can follow the other dorks, uh, Brad Gullickson at Mouth Dork on all social medias, Lisa Gullickson at Sidewalk Siren on all social medias, uh, and Brian Young at The Turtle Dork on Twitter, at The Turtle Dork One on Instagram, and at Brian B. Young Video on facebook and you can follow darren the disco dork smith as at the disco dork on all social medias and that'll do it for us until next time